1: Hi everyone, it's Raja from Melbourne, Australia, and this is episode 12. In this episode, we discuss the crucial question of, should you invest or pay off your existing debt? This is a question which is often asked in personal finance podcasts, forums, and social media. Let's look at it in this podcast systematically and look at the pros and cons of investing versus paying off existing debt. Now, there is no short answer to this. I'm going to talk about paying extra into debt, not just making the minimum repayments. So it's an important distinction to make. In Episode 7, I've already discussed the various debt-paying strategies. And in Episode 4 and in Episode 9, I discussed the various investing strategies outside of super. Before you invest any money, though, it's really important to keep a stash of cash for any emergencies. So, let me go through the concept of emergency funds. Emergency funds are cash reserves in the event of emergencies. So, what is an emergency? The release of the new iPhone or Android phone, or that weekend restaurant bill, is not an emergency. Emergency funds are for unexpected financial expenses, such as medical illness, loss of a job, unexpected emergency expenses, such as car breakdowns, home repairs, winter heating bills, or, if it was my household recently, the recent water bill, which was a huge shock. I guess the gardens don't stay green by themselves. Now, how much do you need? Dave Ramsey talks about two types of emergency funds before you attack debt. He says you need to have a basic $1,000 emergency fund for minor emergencies. I guess access to quick cash. And a three to six month emergency fund for major emergencies, such as medical illness or a loss of a job. Susie Allman says eight months. Now, basically, what you need to do is look at your expenses for the last 12 months and come up with a number which is suitable for you. So, as a bare minimum, I personally feel that a three-month emergency fund is absolutely vital. In your case, it might be a little bit longer. It might be six months or even nine months. So have a look at your 12 monthly expenses and come up with a reasonable number for your personal circumstance. Having a stock portfolio, for example, or loans paid off in your mortgage is not considered an emergency fund because it can take some days to access this money. Selling of stocks or refinancing loans can take a while, but more importantly, it's volatile. So if you've invested money in the stock market, yeah, that's kind of not really your emergency fund because tomorrow the stock market could crash and you may lose that money. And remember, when you're investing, you're investing for the long term. So a good way to sort of perhaps have emergency funds but also counted at in an investment is to have a 100% mortgage offset account, which is a very smart way to park your emergency funds while it earns an instant return on your investment. Of course, that only works if you have an existing personal mortgage with a variable interest rate. Remember, if you have a fixed interest rate, you may not be eligible for a 100% mortgage offset account. So it's really important to check before you start putting into what you deem as an offset account, which may actually not be offset. Anyway, we're digressing a little bit. Now, once you've saved that three to six months worth of emergency funds, for example, it's time to think about paying off debt or investing. And the main factors which help your decision are what is your yield in your investment versus what is your interest rate on your debt levels. Let's use an example. Having consumer debt such as credit cards or personal loans or car loans and investing money at the same time does not make sense. Some financial advisors always recommend paying off debt, but mathematically, that may not make sense to do that either. So, let's go through the types of debt and how it affects your decision making, and then we'll go through the interest rate scenario. So, what are the types of debt? There are two main types of debt in Australia. One is deductible debt, and the other is non-deductible debt. A deductible debt is something like an investment loan, such as home investment or stock portfolio where you borrow money to invest in the stock market, whereby the interest on that loan is deductible. That is, it's a tax deductible. Now, for you American listeners out there, remember, the way that we use deductibles in Australia is different to the way that you use deductibles. In Australia, the word deductible just generally means tax deductible. A non-deductible debt is something like a personal home loan where you live at, in that the interest that you pay on that home loan is not deductible, that is not tax deductible. Credit cards, personal loans, and car loans that are used for personal purposes are not really tax deductible if they're not related to your work or investment. So that's the important distinction between a deductible debt and a non-deductible debt when it comes to tax deduction. So, it makes sense to pay off your non-deductible debt first, especially if it's consumer debt and has a high interest rate, rather than investing the same amount of money. Let's use some examples. If you have a personal loan debt with an interest rate of 7%, it'll be pretty hard to beat this in the market if you were to invest it. In other words, if you pay down the debt, you're getting an interest-free tax uh, so um, you're getting a tax-free return on your investment of seven percent so you're instantly saving seven percent interest which you would have otherwise paid if you invested the same money you need to convince me and yourself that you will definitely get at least seven percent return on your investment consistently and you need to be guaranteeing that investment If you're not 100% confident that you're going to be returning 7% per annum, then it makes no sense investing in that at all. In other words, it's better to pay off your debt rather than investing it into various levels of investment, whether it be home loan investments or stock portfolio or bonds, etc., etc., Likewise, it's importantly pointless to save money and invest if you have credit card debt with an interest rate usually almost always 10 to even 20% per annum. Again, you need to prove to me and yourself that if you've invested any money, you will return on that investment a 15 to 20% per annum return, which is very difficult to do. So if you can't be 100% sure that you're going to get that return, it makes sense to pay off your debt. Now, in other words, if you have debt, look at the interest rate and you need to ask yourself, if I invest money elsewhere, am I going to get a guaranteed return on investment as if I would get if I pay the interest on that particular debt? If you cannot guarantee yourself that consistently, then pay off the debt. Now, however, in Australia, we have something called a HEX or a HELP debt. Um, And if you only have that particular debt, then it doesn't matter. Don't pay it off. There is no interest on these loans. They only rise with consumer price index, so both inflation. So basically, if you pay it off, it's not beneficial. It automatically gets deducted from your income. So it makes sense not to pay off your HECS or HELP debt if that's the only debt you have. If you have deductible debt, like investment loans because you can deduct that interest from your taxable income, depending on the interest levels, it may make sense to invest while maintaining a deductible debt. Let's use an example. If you're on a 30% tax bracket and your deductible interest is 5%, then your real loss after deductions might only be 3%, and this sort of return is easy to get in the investment market, particularly in the stock portfolio, because remember, over the long term, you're probably going to average between 7 and 9% especially in the stock portfolio of course this all depends on the time horizon of your investments what about non-deductible mortgage debt now this all depends on your investment time horizon and your interest rate if your mortgage interest rate is five to six percent the decision to invest can be difficult given the stock market over the long haul has returned nine plus percent since 1990 you might be tempted to dabble in the market while you have a mortgage debt, that's your personal mortgage debt. But again, you need to be careful. Putting money into your personal home line means you get an interest uh, return on your money, which is tax-free, um, instantly. So if your interest rate is 5 to 6%, your after-tax uh, return um, on that investment might be close to 7 to 8%. So can you beat that in the stock market? Is it worth the risk and can you do it consistently and can you guarantee yourself that you're going to do it? That's the question. So on the one hand, you have an investment. If you pay it off as in pay off your personal mortgage, that investment, that return on that investment is going to be guaranteed and that's going to match the interest on that mortgage, whereas the other investment, which is stock market and technically a little bit of speculation in the short term is based on some level of risk you may not be able to match the same return on the investment that you will be able to get instantly when you pay off a mortgage so it depends is the answer and also depends on your level of risk tolerance in reality a lot of people do both if you have a non-deductible mortgage and i don't think this is a bad idea remembering you're not wasting your money investing in the stock market and doing it repeatedly over the long haul will produce some nice returns and of course it also depends on whether you invest passively in the stock market or actively i'm a great proponent of dollar cost averaging and passive investment rather than actively managing stocks Um, i've discussed this in episode nine where the data points to passive investing being more risk averse more diversified and more returns consistently. ...over the long term. So, just to summarise, before you invest, you must have emergency funds. Before you invest, you must pay down your consumer debt... ...which is your credit cards, personal loans, car loans personal... ...because you won't be beating those high interest rates... um, ...with high rates of investment returns in the long run. If you have a deductible debt, that is tax deductible debt... ...it might pay to invest... Rather than pay the deductible debt down. This all depends on your tax bracket. And it all depends on the interest rate on that tax deductible debt. If you have a hex or a HELP debt. Then don't pay it off actively. Let your salary take care of that. Now for you overseas listeners out there. We have this thing in Australia called um, hex or HELP debt. Where people go to university. And don't have to pay upfront their uni fees and it only gets automatically deducted once they start earning above a certain threshold of income. And it's painless because it comes off your salary without you even knowing about it. I've heard about in other countries, such as the United States, people have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars um, to go to university, or they call it college, and they have to pay interest on it. In Australia, at uni loans and college loans are interest-free and only go up with inflation. So it's a pretty sweet deal. Just to rub salt into your American wounds I went to medical school and graduated with a debt less than $40,000. That's 40000 Australian dollars. And I think med school in the US is like $300,000, if not more, depending on which American university you attend. So if you have a hex or help-only debt in Australia, don't pay it off. The question then becomes, if you have only non-deductible debt and it's not consumer loans, it's not personal loans, it's not a consumer credit card, then it depends on the term of that loan and the interest rate and your level of risk tolerance, which determines the ultimate decision to invest or pay down that debt. But remembering that finance is 80% behavioural and 20% head knowledge, What I've discussed before is all about head knowledge, the mathematical strategy to investing and paying down debt. Even if you choose to pay down debt and not invest, it gives you the sense of freedom which you won't get with any investment. Living debt-free is an incredible feeling. So, if you have a mortgage and want to pay it off despite the low interest rate, it's completely okay, even if that mortgage is deductible. Imagine if you had no mortgage and no debt, Imagine how much you could save or invest with the disposable income that you have. Now, in all honesty, I've paid off a couple of mortgages in my lifetime, and it's an incredible feeling to be able to pay off that mortgage and have no mortgage debt. Now, of course, I've built another house, so I've got more mortgage debt. But essentially, the point is to be debt-free. If that's something that you fancy, then go for it. But if you want to maintain some debt, It makes sense to pay off all the high interest debt and then keep the debt that's deductible and pay off your non-deductible debt. And if you think you can match the returns of paying off the non-deductible debt by investing elsewhere, i.e. the stock market, then go for it. But there is a risk and it depends on your time horizon and it also depends on your level of risk tolerance. Before I finish up, I want to mention one more thing, and it relates to diversification. And this is something I've talked about in previous episodes. I've talked about diversifying investments, but also talked about diversifying income. You see, if you pay off your mortgage, which is a great thing, and I don't disagree with anyone who wants to pay off their mortgage, and you have no other investments apart from your super, then technically you're putting all of your eggs in one basket. That is your personal home you may be relying on that personal property price to go up, but it may not go up. And I'll talk about buying a home in previous episodes. So it's a risk you're taking. But over the long haul, property prices traditionally, historically, do go up. And I'm talking 30 to 40 years. So let's talk about the pros of paying off your mortgage only. That is, you don't invest You just pay off your personal mortgage, which is a non-deductible debt. And of course, remember, this is for people that don't have any consumer debt. You save on any extra repayments you make, whether it sits in your offset account or sits in your redraw facility. This is after-tax earnings, and it's instant, it's guaranteed, it's reproducible, happens on a monthly basis. You've got a guaranteed return. You need not worry if you'll get a specific return, you will get a specific return. In this case... The return is in the form of interest savings. Financial security. The peace of mind experience is like none other. none other. When I paid off my first home, worked crazy hours, extra jobs, locums, night shifts, whatever, it was an awesome feeling to quickly pay it off and be mortgage-free and then do it again twice. It's an awesome feeling. Building equity. This is when the home is worth more than what you paid for it and you can go back to the bank and and borrow on your home called equity and use that money to renovate or other forms of investments. What about the cons of paying mortgages only, that is paying off your non-deductible debt? Wealth concentration on one answer. Yes, you can get an after-tax return, which is instant and guaranteed, but you're still putting your eggs in one basket. I'm talking about outside of super, by the way. Your property value could go down. This is always a risk. But then again, if you invest, fair enough, your asset portfolio outside of property could also go down. So there is always the risk, and this is why it's important to assess your level of risk tolerance. Now, remember, we talked about geeky economics in one of the episodes called The Efficient Frontier. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's worthwhile Googling Harry Markowitz and the Modern Portfolio Theory and The Efficient Frontier and how risk tolerance relates to your returns on your investment. I'll digress again. Opportunity cost. Basically, if you paid on your mortgage whilst the share market blossoms, then you've just lost the opportunity to make money, uh, uh, extra money return on your investment had you invested in the share market. Of course, this is speculative and always an afterthought. What about the pros of investing ahead of paying off your mortgage? That is your personal non-deductible debt. Your investment returns can potentially be higher, but again, it's speculative and not guaranteed and depends on the time frame. Diversification, income diversification through dividends and asset portfolio diversification is an added advantage. You're not spreading your eggs, uh, sorry, you're now spreading your eggs in various baskets and there is less of a wealth con- uh, concentration. Compounding returns, I love compounding. It's a great concept and it really impacts positively over the long term. Your investment may increase in value, and if you invest in shares, you may get Frank dividends, so it provides an income, which can then be reinvested into the shares again. And um, don't forget in Australia, we have this unique um, tax imputation uh, uh, system, where you get imputation credits on your Frank dividends. Accessibility, investment in the stock market is more liquid than property. What that means is liquid assets mean that you can get rid of them quickly and turn them into cash, Cash is the best liquid asset. Um, If you need cash and you sell your property, you won't see the money quickly. But with shares, you see it within a few days. But having cash is even better because it's instant. But then again, if you just have cash due to inflation every year, you're potentially losing money. Now, the cons of investment outside of your mortgage. Markets do fluctuate depending on the return on term of your investment. Income tax, investment in your mortgage, which is non-deductible, but it's tax-free return. Any appreciation of capital gains in the share market is taxable. So the Australian Tax Office is very good at contacting Australians to ask them to pay their fair share of tax. If you've read in the media, there's a lot of scaremongering about audits, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Many Australians have receiving audit letters already. Experience, mortgage, property is something Australians innately understand. However, with the share market, even though we invest in them regularly via super. We will need to do some research, open some accounts so there's a little bit of a learning curve there, particularly learning about fees. So, today's podcast was all about whether you invest or whether you pay off existing debt and there is no easy short answer. Think about what sort of debt it is. Is it deductible? Is it non-deductible? Is it high interest rate? Is it a consumer credit card? Um, And then look at the pros and cons and work out what return you'll get on your investment if you paid off your mortgage or paid off your non-deductible debt or paid off your consumer debt and what investment returns you will get if you took that money and invested elsewhere, which is usually the stock market. So that's about it for this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to comment in the comment section of my channel or contact me. I'll try and get back to you. We've covered a lot of principles and concepts in this podcast. Until next time, pay yourself first and think about the pros and cons of investing before paying off your debt. It might just work out. Thanks for listening and goodbye.
0: target.